0: Much, um, reference... Like, I, I know there's a lot of, like, what about if we do this thing with the thing in the universe? And they all have, like, an understanding of magic. I don't know what you're talking about. In, like In, like, FF14, they oh, okay. talk FF about, like, so here's the mechanisms that the universe is, like, destroying itself effectively. When it's, like, here's the universe of light that comes in and, like, destroys everything. Or, like, you're the shadow bringer so that you can stop the light from eating everything or something. Let's say um, that's broadly close enough. Go okay. on. Okay. So then... Is there much talk about... Hi, everyone. Welcome to Jojo's World. Hey. Is is there much talk of, um, like, the gods or the, the summons or whatnot, and then being all like, let's fucking go. Let's get fucking Bahamut in here. If that makes uh, any sense. I mean, yes and no. Okay. So there's the gods, who uh-huh. are the 12 gods of humanity, who... Um, kind of don't really do much up until the re- most recent content that I've yet to play where you fight them all for some reason. Okay. Uh, for some reason. I I haven't played it yet. I don't know mm, why. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then there are primals, which are godlike beings that are summoned, uh, which is a bad thing generally because they drain the magic and l- life from the land, but also brainwash people to worship them. Oh. Oh. That's bad. But then there's the summoner class, which is all about... Um, Basically summoning, like, vaccinated versions of those primals to fight for you. And that's all about whatever that thing you said at the start of this question okay, was. Okay, all right, cool. So, like, mini versions will get summoned and that's where... They're... But eventually just versions. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, benign versions that yeah. do your bidding. And take up way too much screen, in, screen space in the raid. Yeah. Uh, and everyone gets angry at you because Bahamut's filling their screen and they can't dodge attacks. <laughs> oh, no. So then, okay, so now I'm confused because then how, so the gods, right? The the big old 12 mighty gods. Yeah. Are they still like at a very appreciably insane power level then? I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of raw gameplay mechanics, you fight them at level 90, but Hmm. uh, I haven't encountered them in the story yet. So I don't know what they are like as individuals. Probably cool dudes, Yeah, I want to say. Uh, Word is all about the society that worships Halone, the fury, the god of war. Okay. Uh, and they're all jerks until you teach them to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you guys just for 10 seconds don't commit. Don't, don't be inquisiting yeah. everyone you know. Then maybe we'll all get along. And then you end their thousand-year blood war with the dragon race for oh, that's okay. single-handedly for just normal reasons. Uh, this is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts? Uh, JoJo's World, where today we are talking about uh, episode 29 of Stone Ocean. Hell yeah. Uh, which is, of course, the uh, 181st episode of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime. Nick, we've done this a lot. Mm, probably... Some would say for too long, and I would punch them in the head. yeah, fuck off. We're doing the best that we can with what we've got, which it, is gold. uh covers, chapters one hundred and twenty one through one hundred and twenty four, and the first four pages of one hundred and twenty five of the stone ocean manga. That's quite a bit. But of course, normally, uh because I have to keep correcting myself mm-hmm. uh. Of the actual overarching in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure manga, chapters 715 through 718 and a bit of 719. Nice. Nice. It is, of course, entitled Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. (laughs) I still... So I went off and I looked up Underworld. You went down a hole. I went down memory lane... In the sense that I was like, yeah, I am You were in a crashing plane. You got yep. into another crashing plane. Let's exactly. get back into the first plane. Yeah. I found a hole to go down in a hospital. The and hole I was, was like, made for you. Exactly. And I came out the other side a better human being. Technically speaking, yeah. this hole was made for Jolene. To kill her, but I to lure I her guess. into a trap and kill her. I don't know if it was necessarily made for Jolene so much as made to run away so that they just didn't fight in the room while he was doing stuff. No, nah, he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, okay, he was trying cool. to eat his food that would kill him. That's as true. As we discussed at length last episode. Literally every part of that food would still just kill him. Yeah. So you went down a rabbit hole. Well, not really a rabbit hole, but it turns out Underworld uh, wrote the song Underneath the Radar. So I don't know if you know that song. That's Not like, by the name. It's like, we're living underneath the radar. Like that song. No, I never heard that. Okay. All right. So that was like in the 80s. Turns out they were just like an 80s rock band at that point. And then there's this market shift away from that where they're like, what if we explored ambience? Ooh. And like... Tonality. Yeah, and like longer form electronica. And then I was like, well, that sounds more in line with what I like. Let me have listened listen to it. Oh my God. They are good. rad. They are amazing. They're just like, they've gone from like, Uh, like a garage band where they're like we can be cool right we've got cool vibes to yeah we're gonna we're gonna be genre defining some shit right here cool yes it's dope it's fucking sick that's great love to hear it and they were initially known as Mr. and Mrs. Christmas initially known well I mean I don't know I I remember they are known also as Mr. and Mrs. Christmas but they're worthy of the name well I mean look (laughs) they bring joy to thousands of children I don't know if they do. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly bring presents to adults that make you go, "Oh yeah, okay." Yeah, yeah. Presents that make you go, mm, "Yeah, mm, yeah." Nick, before we get into JoJo's, yes, I watched R R R recently. The uh, triple R, yeah, triple R, the return mm. of Randa Cage. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that Indian movie that was uh, great shakes a couple of years ago. Finally yep. watched it. Uh, a uh, friend of the show, Patty Stardust, once described it to me as uh, as like watching a yakuza game or a JoJo's episode in live action. Uh, I'd say that holds up. It's good. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's it's very extra. Any standout bits? Um. Well, without giving too much away, there is a great seek action sequence where one protagonist is riding on the other's shoulders the whole time. Beautiful. Uh very early on, I'll describe this because it's not too much of a spoiler. Very early on, there's a sequence where one of our protagonists is being chased by a wolf. Okay. And he sees tiger tracks on the ground. So he diverts his path towards the tiger and then jumps in such a way so that the tiger, which wants to hunt and eat him as well, uh basically punches out the wolf. Okay. Is this like a um is this like a tiger that's just there? Yeah, just in the for jungle. S- for some Oh, in the jungle. Uh, the mighty jungle. That makes a lot more sense. I thought this was in like a city for some reason. Oh, no, no. You know, the concrete jungle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Tokyo jungle. Mm, the Tokyo jungle. As available now on PlayStation 3. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been watching a good film. I just watched a film. Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. And now I've heard of this from you this morning. Indeed. <laughs> never And never prior. And at length, it's... It sounds certainly... to me, um, based on your summary of the plot, like... What if the mummy was a horror movie and took itself seriously? Uh, with more random occultists. With, with more magicians as yeah, well more well, fewer illusionists and more magicians. Ooh, job, yeah, from the Bible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, job his, his from... most his greatest illusion was turning his wife into a pillar of salt. Uh, is that job? It doesn't matter? I don't know. I'm not a Bible guy. But, uh, yeah, there's no good bits from that film, so... Oh, I thought you liked it. Oh, I did like it. I love all Clive Barker's work. In a sort of, like, watching, like, a, um... I don't know why this Plane came out. Like... I was going to say, like, a puppy die. Like, you watch it in that sick dimension where you're like, oh, but, like, what's, what's the next... Can't say I've ever watched a puppy die, Nick. Not sure. <laughs> well, see, neither have I. But there's something about Clive Barker's films that made me go, I think this is the experience that it would be. Just this... Long, drawn out, like, oh, Jesus. Okay, here we go. It's got Jean Grey from X-Men in it. Wow, that's a good get for them. Did she use any of her powers? Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, It's got uh, Captain Archer, I want to say is his name, from Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) The short-lived and often little-liked Star Trek from the mid-2000s. It's got some random guy with an enormous forehead in it who's like, I can't use magic. I shouldn't use magic it's all we can't we can't do it and then a drops a car really, on a really guy's forehead just trying to huge. think of who that could be just a huge forehead like massive forehead it's not that guy um from what was it prison break no no uh but it's got it's got some stuff in it so it's a film cool it's, it's by clive barker it's clive barker's lord of illusions That was the best part of film? From from what I understand from what you tell me, death is just another illusion. Death is just an illusion. That's like some uh, Gandalf talking to Pip and shit. Uh, Death is just another illusion. It's every single scene. Me and the, the dudes I was watching it with just went, it's an illusion, Michael. Yeah, exactly. Like every single scene. And then literally they're like, you see, magic's not just an illusion. And we were like, an illusion. And everything just comes back to, what if... It's It's just Now You See Me, but a horror movie. Kind of, I guess. I guess if it's the same film that we're thinking of. Or The Prestige. Yes. Yes. It's like The Prestige. In fact, it's... Clive Barker's The Prestige. Yeah, infinitely worse in every way. Uh, In other news, I've been continuing my exploration of the Final Fantasy video game series. Mm -hmm. I've finished Final Fantasy I, Pixel Remaster, and Final Fantasy II, Pixel Remaster. Are they any good? Uh, One is like, it's good in that way... Um, and I may have talked about one on the podcast before, but it reminded me almost of playing a um, like Link to the Past randomizer, in that. Like okay. one of those ones that give you some hints about where some things have been spawned okay. because in the NPCs will talk to you and like kind of vaguely describe the world. But most of what they'll say is just like a vague hint about where the location of your next objective might be. Uh, but sometimes you don't even have even have that and you just wander the world map and see until you can find whatever unlocks the next bit of progression. Interesting. Like, in a way that's like, great, so now you just have to do this thing. It's like, where is that? You just have to do this thing. Yeah, I have no idea where that is. The pixel remasters have added an overarching world map, which certainly helped. Yep. Because um, I can look at that and say, I don't think I've been over there yet. There's probably something over there. Mm. But, yeah, it's just kind of wandering around and, like, things that broadly resemble, you know, RPG story events might happen. Like, you go into a cave and fight a dark elf. Things that uh, broadly resemble "quote unquote" story. Yeah, Final Fantasy II was a big revolution in that it has characters and events. Ooh, <laughs> uh, it features. It's it's basically Star Wars in that there's an evil invading empire. You've got to save the princess. Uh, princess briefly just uh, just. Uh, an evil snake that tries to seduce you until you kill it. And then you get the real princess back. There's a dark right. knight. Uh, was was this the one that had like a bit of a Middle Eastern flair to it? I thought so, too, uh, based on the character designs. But mm. like, the, there's like a, a master thief named Paul. So it certainly hasn't come through in the translation. Are you, are you saying that a name like Paul, almost like Paul Atreides, wouldn't be... Uh, allowed in this Middle Eastern-flavoured world, even though clearly Paul is the most Middle Eastern-flavoured name I've ever heard. Well, in that sense, it is a bit like Dune and therefore Star Wars. In exactly, that, exactly. In this desert society full of people named Jono. What's the, what, what's the, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm. This is like the four degrees of Star Wars. Yeah. It's like Final Fantasy has a guy named Paul, like in Dune. Therefore it's like Star Wars. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just like Star Wars. Uh the Emperor was the villain? Uh <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. <laughs> He's very, you very saw very little of him. So he exactly. was very like he doesn't get a lot of time to expound on his characterization. So he's basically just a guy who like his defining feature is defining features that he really wants to conquer everything. Mm-hmm. So defined by that that when you kill him, he immediately conquers hell and comes back and you have to kill him again. Oh my God. Uh, so again, very simple character, but there's something kind of compelling about that simplicity. Mm. Just knowing that deep down, you'd be like him if you were <laughs> yeah. cool. And I've started, uh, oh, something else that I thought like that. that was a, uh, you've got a rotating fourth, party member slot so you get like a wizard a pirate eventually the dark knight joins you uh Mm. so that sort of gave more um these rotating characters and their motivations kind of gave your party a bit more flavor nice three (laughs) seems to have entirely walked that back and uh it's basically the same plot as one again (laughs) uh very minimal blank slate characters uh but it's got a job system so so we're we're making improvements in other areas it's fine are they made by the same teams? Like oh, I don't know. I don't know if Don't know enough about their development histories. Because hmm. I'm wondering if they would have been like Final Fantasy One, massive success. We'll bring in some people to like help make Final Fantasy Two, and then we'll get. Or maybe they were like, oh, we'll just you know get the same team to make Final Fantasy Two, but we'll get Final Fantasy Three being made by another team. But they make something like Final Fantasy because that was very popular. Mm, yeah, you know. I have no idea. You know, creative business unit one and two. You know, I um I read a good quote recently from um from Yoshi P or um, Yoshida. What's his fucking name? I can't remember. Um, he's the producer of Final Fantasy fourteen and uh, he's also producing sixteen. Uh, yeah, hmm. and so uh, Naoki Yoshida. That's right. Uh, Naoki Yoshida. So uh, it's excerpt from an interview here. So my final question is, there's been a lot of debate online about what makes a Final Fantasy game a Final Fantasy game. Is it the stories? Is it the characters? Is it the combat systems? I'm curious for you, what is Final Fantasy to you? And I really enjoyed his answer. It, it kind of uh, made the rounds a bit, so you may have seen this already. I have not. Okay. Go on. Well, the listener may have. My answer is simple. You need to have the best story. You need to have the best graphics. You need to have the best battle system. You need to have a lot of content. You need to have the chocobos. You need to have moogles you need to have great sound and that makes a Final Fantasy. And if you're missing even one of them, the fans will hate you forever. (laughs) Yeah, he gets it. He gets (laughs) it. That that is a fantastic fucking response. That's just gamers in a nutshell, isn't it? You've got to do everything right or you're the worst. No, no, you've got to be the best or else we'll hate you forever. Yeah. Amazing. Jojo's Pizarro Adventure. We open on in, a hospital. Yeah, the beautiful Lucky Land West General Hospital. Ah, Lucky Land General Hospital. Anasui and Weather Report are lurking outside being like, Weather Report, who's in there? Do you sense them? And he's like, yes, I sense them. And then they're not in the episode again until the <laughs> end. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good point. They really are. Well, to be fair, only what? Like two minutes past this entire episode. Yeah. If that, actually. Yeah, they're still walking towards the entryway. <laughs> they're just like, oh, we'll start making our way over there. 21 seconds pass. Wait, what's going on? Hang on, I'm getting a text. Oh, man. Oh, my mum's wishing me happy get-out-of-prison day. <laughs> hey, weather report, how are you feeling today? Yeah, pretty good. Got a text from my mum. Who is your mum? Can't remember. Can't remember. Just in, She's just in my phone as mum. Gets his memories back. Oh, my God. My mum. My mum. I didn't like her. <laughs> On the plane, Jolene and Hermes can't find an exit. That's troubling. Right up until they do find an exit, which is the main door out of the plane. Yeah. So, so Jolene is literally like, "Okay, we got to get off this plane." So, you there, flight attendant lady, open the sh- door. Hermes, hold on to my string. I'm going to jump out of this airplane. And so Hermes is like, "What? You can't just jump out of an airplane." But she can, and it doesn't depressurize because I guess they are underground and not in an actual plane. I guess. It's a bit weird, but... It works. Yeah. Respect, Jolene, it works. Mm. She's jumping towards uh, Versus and Poochie. Mm-hmm. Gonna punch him right in the face. Solve this whole plane conundrum. Just quick smart. Yep. But oh no, another aeroplane. <gasps> Mr. and Mrs. Christmas is the power to manifest crashed aeroplanes. <laughs> so this is like a fighter jet or something? Yeah. That's been hit by a MiG. What's a MiG? A MiG is, uh, I, I think I think it's like a Korean plane or, or like a, a a different variant of fighter jet that's renowned for its quick manoeuvrability. It's a Russian aircraft corporation. Russian. MiG, commonly known as Mikoyan and MiG. Mm. So their fighter jets are like the MiG-9 or or whatever, I think. Or okay. MiG-6. That could be like a Cold War era conflict. Yes, exactly. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Every fighter jet nerd for quite a while was like, Yeah, the MiGs, man, the fucking MiGs. Tell you what. We were talking recently about um, US uh, coverage of um, UFO sightings, and there's been a lot in the news again about that recently. What? Has there? Yeah, as, um, hang on, let me see if I can pull it up. I'm only bringing this up because we discussed it previously. Um, I mean, no, no, let's maybe be it. two episodes ago. Let's be honest. This is a thinly veiled attempt to pivot the entire podcast into cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot sightings in the US. <laughs> it's like, you knew, you knew from the start when we started this podcast that there would be cryptids in part six. And you were like, now, Nick, when we reach part six... Yeah, I mean, a cryptid. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that is the only cryptid we're encountering. Wait, wasn't there a second one? Am I going crazy? Maybe. I thought there were rods and there was another one, maybe. Just like Bigfoot was sighted. Just I suddenly. talked about Bigfoot previously. <laughs> there was okay, a crocodile that popped up in an episode. Crocodiles. The scariest cryptid. You've you got to admit, though, cryptids, honestly, when you think about them, are just animals that we haven't found yet. You There's know? also the Fresno Nightcrawler. The Fresno Nightcrawler? Yeah, the Fresno Nightcrawler, who I will pull up and show you. Liam, what the fuck is the Fresno Nightcrawler? It's my neighbour at 5am. What the fuck is that? It's kind of just a walking bus. set of legs? Like, like just a pod with... It's kind like of a The Day My Bum Went Psycho situation. <laughs> so is, is the Fresno Nightcrawler the species and they're just a bunch of nightcrawlers? I don't know. That's literally all I know about it. <laughs> just imagine like... If they didn't just come out at night, presumably, and, like, just during the day, you just saw this pair of legs just, like, walking along. You're like, oh, it's just a nightcrawler. All right. Whatever. Okay. I finally found something that talks about what I'm talking about from a reputable news source. From okay. American ABC News. Not to be confused with ABC News with the banging theme. Yeah. So so not about the Fresno Nightcrawlers. No. Which I'm now obsessed with. After seeing one image of them. The House Oversight Committee is in the early stages of preparing, preparing a hearing on UFOs in the wake of unconfirmed claims from a former intelligence official that the US has allegedly found crashed alien spacecraft, an account the Pentagon says is unsubstantiated. There's a lot going on in that sentence. Yes. In a statement to ABC News on Wednesday, Oversight Committee spokesman Austin Hacker said... Austin Hacker. In addition to recent claims by a whistleblower, reports continue to surface regarding unidentified anomalous phenomena. The House Oversight Committee is following these UAP reports and is in the early stages of planning a hearing. Why are they... Why... Okay, so... Some dude sees a UFO. David Grush, the former intelligence official, alleged that the US government has a covert program focused on recovering de- debris from crashed non-human origin spacecraft and is attempting to reverse engineer the technology, the online tech outlet The Debrief reported. Hmm, interesting. So we're having a hearing about this using the US government mm-hmm. system to try and uncover the US government conspiracy... I don't know if this has been thought through. Like, I don't know. We've investigated ourselves and found no aliens. <laughs> huh. Carl E. Nell, a recently retired Army colonel and current aerospace executive, who was the Army's liaison for the UAP task force from 2022 to 20, 20, 20, 2021 to 2022, and worked with Grouch there, character, characterises Grouch as beyond reproach. <laughs> he walked into the office one day wearing... Not just one, but two onesies. What? Two onesies. He wore two onesies. That's a twosie. That's beyond reproach. You can't reproach him. It's literally in the name. You wear one of them at any given time. He was wearing two. Where have you gotten this concept from? I just made it up there. Okay. Anyway, so um, that's not relevant to our podcast or (laughs) probably going to result in anything interesting, but it is happening. It's happening and we should all be made aware of it. Yes. As Jolene flies towards... Uh, An aeroplane. Well, yeah, as she's trapped within a fighter jet. That's right. So she punches the um, windshield and then she's inside it. And the, the pilot is like, hey, who are you? Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. We're going to die anyway. Yeah. Versus is like, you idiot. He's like, check the damage for me. And the camera pans down to reveal that his whole like right side is missing. Mm. He's been shot out, man. He's been shot out by that MiG. Goddamn Migs in our airspace over Florida. Ah, uh, these fucking Migs. I don't know who that was. It's just, it's just Migs. MIG. Just Migs. Listen. Hashtag just Mig things. Listen. Hashtag cryptids. Hashtag Jojo's Migs. world. <laughs> Jojo's wide world of cryptids. <laughs> hmm. Patreon.com slash Jojo. Nick, what are your top five cryptids? Didn't we already do this? I don't know. We've done so many episodes. <laughs> This is the episode we lose our minds. Yeah. That's it. For, for no reason. We're having normal days. Yeah, we've we've just My had... top five cryptids uh-huh. are the version of Bigfoot that people believe that he is um, Cain cursed by God to wander the earth forever. Oh my God. What? <laughs> is that <laughs> um, real? Yep. Wow. The version of Bigfoot that lives in the hollow earth and is like a beautiful immortal being. Yep. Yep. Um... That's two whole yep. cryptids. <laughs> what yeah. other cryptids do I know about? Um, uh, Chupacabra. Yep. The Fresno Nightcrawlers. I or guess. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't know. Let's say... Um, Got to do something homegrown. So let's say the Yowie. Oh, it's been a long time since I heard about the Yowie. Can you still get Yowie's like the chocolate? So um, Nick is describing um, a very 90s era, mm. culturally appropriative... Uh, chocolate which um was basically a Kinder surprise um but australia australian flora and fauna themed mm. uh, so there were six colorful yowie characters mm-hmm. uh each themed after a different area of australian wildlife like the desert or the wetlands yep. and then you would eat the chocolate uh and mm. inside would be a little kinder egg toy thingy uh with a little set of parts you could assemble into like a possum mm. Maybe they stopped and they also had a series of books and uh, Wait, associated media about how the Yaois would protect the nature from pollution, Captain Planet style. Huh, interesting. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I just remember chocolate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, I went big into the Yaoi extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Yowies are to chocolate what Bionicle is to land. Yeah, they're the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, except one you could eat. Oh, I I ate a couple of bionicle (laughs) masks in my time. Hmm. So they're on this plane. They're trapped in this, in this, well, Jolene is trapped in the fighter jet. And Hermes is pulling her up, but the rope snaps. Don't know why that happened. Yeah. Jolene's thread too weak. But then Jolene uses that snapped thread, which she obviously has prehensile control over because she's Jolene, and reveals her true scheme was to shoot that thread up through the hole they came down, somehow knowing that by now police would have arrived and be holding their walkie-talkie out over it, which she could handily Spider-Man wrap up and pull down. The guys up there like, McCoy on the line, we just arrived at the scene. There's a there's a giant hole in the patient's room for some reason. <laughs> it's fucking massive. Now keep in mind he can't see the thread either, so so his walkie-talkie just comes out. Yeah, it's like hey, oh. oh, just I guess I dropped it. And then the other guy felt like, like it was yanked out of my hands, but I guess I just dropped it. Uh, Butterfingers Joe over here. Fucking here. Joe here. And you'll be dropping your gun next. <laughs> literally like the thread comes back up takes every part of his, takes his clothes take his belt takes his belt and his pants all oh, down revealing his heart boxer shorts oh speaking of um congressional hearings <laughs> <laughs> this this is the one where we literally lose our minds no no I, saying heart boxer shorts reminded me do you remember you know Ben Jenkins um ben host Jenkins. of um on, oh, Frida um, a good home. He's on Dragon Friends. Dragon he was on uh, the checkout for a while. The checkout. No, but if you show me an image, I might recognize him. Oh, he's deleted the tweet. That's a real shame. Wait, you mean the guy from uh, 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 the sun? The sun one. The the one that's like praise the sun. It's like love the sun, and it's a. It has no. That's a different X. Ben. Good guess though. Oh, okay. Um. Well, uh, Ben Jenkins um tweeted a a great political tweet, uh, which. He's promptly deleted. It has since been deleted, unfortunately. I want to see if I can find it, though, because it is funny. Is it... Hang on. Before you find it fully, is it Australian politics... Yes. ...that arguably most of our listeners will not get? Yeah, but I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> We've got, look, a, we've got. It's a look. funny. It's a funny. I think most of our tweet. listeners are in America, and we have to listen to American politics all the time. That's true. That is true. This is our fucking so, um, revolution. Ben Jenkins tweeted about, um, you know, when Christian Porter was suing the ABC for defamation. Yep. Yep. Uh, because and, Christian Porter was accused. In the of, process, did massive reputational damage to himself, much like yep. it happened, seems to be happening a lot these days. Yeah. Well, um, wait, is Christian Porter the one who was accused of uh, was it sexual Historical sexual assault claims of our, to our, our then attorney general. Yep. And anyway. then was like. It's just untrue. And it's like, do you you have any evidence? He's like, well, no, because it's untrue. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked from the thing that I sidetracked us to, which is that uh, Ben Jenkins tweeted, uh, I try and sue the ABC, but instead my pants fall down and I try to waddle away, but accidentally waddle over a balcony and land headfirst into a truck of pig manure and my legs wiggle around and everyone sees my heart-patterned boxer shorts. Ah, (laughs) and um a liberal senator read that out in senate estimates um (laughs) talking about like because he was uh, ben was employed by the fee at the time which Uh -uh. is uh, run by abc or whatever talking about i don't know some bullshit about how uh, i don't know they didn't respect the government or something like that but you can just hear him as I mean obviously the fact that that was read out in uh, Senate Estimates is ludicrous in its own right but you can hear someone near the microphone uh, in the footage of it whispering to the person next to them where is he going with this? (laughs) and this is why we need to fund the ABC this is the important work of government (laughs) I just love the idea that they leaned closer to the mic to do it as well. Oh, I think they might have been near the mic. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, this is the, this is like, um, there was some Senate hearing with, I think it was like, not Kevin Rudd. It was, um, who, who, who's the... Scott Morrison. Yeah, I think it was actually Scott Morrison, where he was like, being super vitriolic about something. But in the background, on the Liberal side of Parliament... There's just one of the senators, and we will of course clarify for our international listeners that liberal actually liberal is the um, more mainstream but still pretty radically conservative Hmm. uh, major party here. Yeah, so so we have liberal and labor. Labor somehow labor is centre right, and uh, liberal Liberal is far right, pivoting further and further right by the day. Yeah, it's it's pretty worrying. But like one of the liberal guys in the back was getting really bored. And so just out of nowhere, just starts air guitaring. (laughs) That fucking rules. (laughs) He's just like, he's there. And Scott Morrison's like, we need to take action. And Labor and fucking Green's like, boo. And this guy's just sitting there like, ah. He just starts doing, he starts twiddling. uh, Yeah, he's uh, doing like, Uh, twiddling, fret fret fingering. Yeah, yeah, fret fingering, like twiddling his fingers like he's soloing. And then this other hand is just doing this. Where he starts Uh, picking the strings with his other hand and he's like, and you're just like our taxpayer on. dollars at work. Yep. Just oh god. Poochie is looming behind Versus, uh smugging at him as he does for much of this episode. Yep. She knew her attack would fail. She just wanted to get out of the plane to get that walkie-talkie. Because you see, modern models of walkie-talkie can be set to dial cell phones. <gasps> oh my god. Uh, Isn't that just doesn't that just make it a phone? I I guess, <laughs> but it's got a different interface, and I it probably predominantly linked to the walkie-talkie frequencies. Mm, the walkie-talkie community is very, very, you know, mobile and loud. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're very vocal about what is a walkie-talkie and what is a phone. Uh, versus, that's his uh, double heel turn. It's like, hey, can you shut up? I'm trying to concentrate. I'm actually, I'm actually still winning, Father. Father Poochie thinks he's so great. Fucking Poochie. Uh, we get the, the great versus backstory summary uh, where his life sucked since he was a small child and he ran away from his neglectful parents mm. uh, and some some shoes, some spikes, as the uh, narrator keeps calling them. Yeah, it. they're definitely shoes. Uh, I, guess, I, I guess that's slang, I haven't heard it. Spikes, shoes, Google. It's not like Jordans or anything like that. Running spikes, it's apparently a common term. No, running spikes are the spikes you get on the bottom of shoes. Nah, it's track shoes. What are you talking about? Running spikes. Track running spikes are a specialised spiked running shoe that are used by athletes in track and field events. You earn the maximum grip on the ground? Yep, I haven't heard that before, but willing to go with it. Okay, sure. A pair of spikes fell from the sky. They landed on him. Uh, they were baseball spikes, even. Ah. Uh, and it turns out that... Here in Florida, they were uh, from the famous Japanese baseball player Ichiro. Uh, so the police arrest him yep. on site. Yep. and they're like, "Hey, he was, walking, he was shoes. walking down the street wearing his his big beautiful shoes. His big beautiful spikes." Let's see if this character if, if, if this character was a real person. Ichiro Suzuki, he was the right or is or was the right fielder of the uh, Seattle Mariners. Ah, there we go. A real there a real go. person shows what we know. Yeah baseball. Wes, here at Jojo's World, we occasionally make mistakes because we're constantly talking about it out of our asses about shit we don't know about. So I'd like to apologise wholeheartedly for everything I've ever said on this podcast, and I take it all back. I will be deleting every archival (laughs) episode and uh, submitting it to Senate Estimates to have the transcripts read out. (laughs) Where is he going with this? (laughs) (laughs) Can we just have unironically can we just have a guy over there on a soundboard Uh, next pointing to another chair in the room and sort of the cuck chair position (laughs) cuck chair with a donut sitting on it um can we just have someone sitting there whose entire job is to occasionally just go where the fuck are they going with this (laughs) so it's like kind of like where a producer would be sitting for podcasts that have producers yes but his only um Function is to whisper into a second mic and undercut us. <laughs> just literally looking at like someone outside the window, be like, Are you okay? It's like, No, these motherfuckers don't know what they they're They never talking shut about. up. Just they don't even something. talk about JoJo's that much. <laughs> literally, 90% of the podcast is these random tangents that's arguably more interesting than the show itself. He's hauled into the courtroom in front of a, a Judy esque judge. Wait, the producer is? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Producer. Yeah. 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 This isn't a trial. We just have some questions, darling. And Versus is all like, "Oh, that's not too bad." Where did you get those shoes? Did you steal them? And I told her the truth. They fell out of the sky. But it turns out that these shoes were donated by Ichiro to children with disabilities, and they were cost. Uh, They cost ten thousand dollars. And the judge immediately goes mask off and is like, "How dare you steal from children with disabilities? One million years in the dungeon." So he's He's been given the gift of... Time, juvenile detention. Yeah, time to reflect uh, on his actions. Months later, the real uh, thief confessed. At the time, he was feeling uh, guilty and worried the shoes would be traced to him. So he threw them down an air vent off a building for some reason. And they uh, somehow ended up... And they landed on... Yeah. That's how they fell out of the sky randomly. But, but it was too late. It was too late. His body and his soul was hurt. Uh, because while he was in prison, he tripped in the yard and landed on a knife. So he tripped from a hole... In the yard. In the yard. Uh, just just a hole fell over, and there was a knife sticking out of the ground. In a plastic bag. He Which cut he... his hand on it, and then... a. I... So he's in juvenile detention. Yep. Uh, and he, this man is described as a few years older... A pr- prisoner a few years older than me. hmm And he looks... Maybe 60. He's he's balding. He's got a big bald patch both at the front and back of his head. Huge jowls. <laughs> and he is uh, eight feet tall and 300 kilograms. <laughs> and he's like, you fucking idiot. I oh, I was hiding strength. that knife here at juvenile detention. <laughs> I was going to shank the lunch lady and you've taken that away from me. A gang henchman. Okay, we can actually do the math on this because he's okay. as three years older than versus and mm-hmm. let's check out Versus's biography on the ever inaccurate jojo wiki <laughs> now hang on you you rag on the jojo's wiki but where else are you going to get these facts from? well we're going to go to the better one the one that i like JojoWiki.com. okay all right okay so he uh versus at the time of this fight mm-hmm. is 25 years old So this man is certainly no older than 28, which even that is a stretch. But this is also in his backstory. So let's see if we can find a a firm age on that. 13 uh, was when the baseball uh, Uh shoes fell out of the sky. So this kid's 16 years old. Yeah, this This seventy year old this, balding man is sixteen, 16 years, years old. <laughs> Listeners, you've gotta find this guy if you haven't seen him because he is he is the most sixty-year-old man I've ever seen. So this is the title of the episode now. It's just He's sixteen years old. <laughs> I was in juvenile detention for a hundred years. Oh, how old in are the you? Hyperbaric time chamber. <laughs> I'm 16 years old, but this right here, this is my hand. My fucking wife left me. My kids have grown up and gone to college. They don't want to see their old 16-year-old dad. They're older than me now. Look at the wrinkles in my hand. Look at the wrinkles, boy. I've heard prison ages you, but I didn't think it was that literal. (laughs) Like, fucking (laughs) hell. Oh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is beautiful. (laughs) So this 16-year-old beats the life out of him. Yep. And, uh... And he can't fight back because his hand's been, you know. Yeah, cut and off. then when he's in the in the infirmary, bloody pus and a worm gush out of the womb in his hand. He's just having a bad day. The womb, I said. Just, he's the just, wound. <laughs> the womb of his decline. The womb of his hand gave birth to a worm. Mm. That worm is his hand son. <laughs> <laughs> which, which we call a worm. Mm. Mm. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he almost died from a fever. Oh, yeah, he's having a bad day. He's having a real bad day. So since that day, he's looked down in society and hated it. And one day, there's a great non sequitur here. To his burgeoning psychic abilities. I'll um, just give this quote directly, mm-hmm. without judgment. <laughs> without reprieve. One time, I pissed next to a trash bin. The walls crumbled down, and a woman's skull showed itself from the walls. And that's the end of the story. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, so Versus is a bit fucked up. Yep. Now I understand that my bizarre life where my power is subconsciously manifesting it. I suppose you could make an argument that all of these three sons had a similar thing in that regard. Uh, yeah, they did a bad thing. L had that to... thing going on with his eyelids, which you could argue was subconscious manifestation of his power, drawing rods, stealing the heat from his eyelids. Mm. And... The other guy, whose name I even now forget, because he was never explicitly named in the manga. <laughs> um, Are you talking about Pinocchio? Again? Yeah, I'm talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, man. Yep. I guess lived in a world of fantasy from doing drugs? Question mark. Uh, I can't remember anything about him. Oh, because he had no characterization and barely any dialogue. Oh, well, we never said that. No. <laughs> we never. We're not. We're not saying it was poorly delivered. That's not what we're saying. It was my ability, Mister and Missus Christmas, that gave me such a miserable life. But now I control it. And he has uh, a lot of shots of him looking over at Father Poochie menacingly. Yeah. But does this mean I am indebted to him? No, my father Dio's blood run through my veins. In this way, uh, versus is the most like Dio of these three sons, in that he had a hard life, uh, and that it's gonna he's gonna let that define him to be awful. Yes but to be powerful. He's got before. ambition. Yes, exactly. My father's blood runs through my veins. What makes you better than me, Father Pucci? What if I obtained heaven? Hmm? Uh so he starts digging at the wall. Yeah, not like... turning around, like just real subtly scraping at the wall with his hand. <laughs> and he's just kind of like, you know, just having a happy little dig, having a happy little like and He reveals an image of Father Pucci. What? What in the wall? In the wall? Um, and he looks at it, he's like, I will attain heaven. I have the right. I'm Dio's son. I'm the- Apollo 11. And he reaches, he is, it's true. <laughs> he reaches into um, Illusionary Poochie's cassock. Mm-hmm. Um, Get, what the fuck is a cassock? I think we've been over this before. Have we? Yeah. A cassock. Hi, my name is uh, Paul Cassock. I'm a DD and d character. A full length garment worn by a certain Christian clergy. Ah cassock and he pulls out weather reports memory (gasps) disc and he says how can i use this to my advantage i want the power to go to heaven i will do it Uh, and i just imagine like poochie over his shoulder being like sorry did you say something no 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 No, that was an aside you can't hear it (laughs) listen i'm just i'm fighting jolene in my own time in my own way all right no no need to worry about me jolene calls emporio who is out on the street Go into the Speedwagon Foundation. Yeah. And Jolene's all like, Emporio, listen the fuck up, okay? We're both trapped underground. In, Hermes, in aeroplanes. Hermes is in a... a commercial plane and I'm in a fighter flight. jet. They're crashing. We're underground. Solve it for us. And Hermes has the great uh, comedic bit of oh, in the middle em- of the Emporio? street. I mean, Emporio yeah. has the great comedic bit. of standing in the middle of the street going, what? What? <laughs> what? That's what great. Oh, about? there is a brief bit we skipped over where uh, there's like a thing with Jolene being like, "Oi, how do these planes eject?" I've seen it in the movies. Oh yeah, and the fighter part just looks back but it and goes, "Didn't." Yeah, the fighter part's like, "Well, if you pull the lever, nothing will happen because we're gonna crash." Mm. Mm. Father Poochie's all like, "Hey, versus, you got to be careful." Yeah. Jolene's pretty good. If you're good. not careful, you'll lose Versus. And versus is like, you shut, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. There's, there's, I mean. can't, it's, it's later in the episode, but there's a bit where he, Father Poochie does an injection interjection like that. Yeah. And then just everything goes red on Versus. <laughs> and his internal monologue just goes, Shut up! <laughs> God, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, long story short, uh, Jolene crashes the plane into the other plane to get back into it because they won't explode because they're both destined to crash. Ah... And that's how she gets back where she started. But now she has a walkie-talkie and tech support on, on the line. Because Emporio is using his computer in the middle of the street. Now, when I first saw this, I thought... Where did he get a computer from? Yeah, and also, what the actual fuck is he using to power this magical device? The answer? Ghosts. Magic. Ghosts is what he's Magic using. Magic and ghosts. Yep. So he's like... He's logged into the ghost internet. Yeah, he literally he's is like... pulled up Ghost in Carter 98. <laughs> He's literally like, I'm new, I'm looking it up on my ghost computer. Yeah. And I'm like... That's just a thing that he can do outside the prison. That's his power now. Yeah. He can pull out the ghosts of... Ob- I mean, he could kind of do that already, but it was kind of overshadowed by the... Um, the prison drama. Well, no, by the, the ghost rooms he had access to. Oh, yeah. Uh, but now they're out of the prison. He's just got some ghost objects that he can use. <gasps> like a ghost gun, maybe. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, hopefully Who's not. he going to shoot? Himself. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give kids guns. Uh, So he's like, okay, listen, I've looked it up. This article is a verified, accurate piece of media. Yeah, It said that this plane crashed in 2005 at this time, but there were two people that miraculously survived. And I'm going to find their seat numbers for you. (laughs) So they crashed in like 51F and 51D or something like that. Meanwhile... Versus is like shut up. Shut up Poochie. I I resent you so Poochie. You gave me these great powers But does that mean you're better than me? Maybe, but I'm still cool. I'm versus damn it My life sucks. Yeah, and Poochie's like listen I think Jolene might have a shot at getting out of this that you haven't thought through so just be careful, okay? And he's like you shut the fuck up they're, they're dynamic for these whole two episodes I fucking love it I love it so much they, there's a sequence where they've realized uh, Emporio tells them what seats they need to get to right at the back of the plane mm-hmm. and so they are running up to get to the plane before the gets to the seats before the plane crashes yeah. and Mr and Mrs. Christmas is shooting along the ceiling up um next to them it's a bit of a bit of a foot race. Yeah, and he's like, look, it's futile. There's no way to stop the plane. And I noticed something interesting on its design as they were racing as it zoomed overhead, which is it's got a um star icon on its chest, you know, obviously ah. obviously links to the whole the, the, Jojo's Joe. bizarre adventure of it all there, especially yeah. with Poochie and Weather Report and the suns getting the star birthmark. Mm. Um, seemingly randomly. <laughs> um, but also um, superimposed over that star icon was uh, what looked to me, I don't know how to pronounce this quite right, the, um, what is it, Caduceus? The what? or Corticus, perhaps? Oh! It's the um, medical symbol that is a... Um, it's, it's the one with, like, the, the snakey... It's the, there's the a snakey staff voice. with snakes cu- curled around. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm making a large circular motion with my fingers and realise no one can hear that. But I'm making a circular motion with my oh, fingers. Oh, no, closed. I'm mistaken, actually. It wasn't. It was the Rod of Asclepius. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Rod of Asclepius. <laughs> of course. Of course. What the fuck is that? Uh, well, per the Wikipedia description of it, mm-hmm. a serpent-entwined rod wielded by the Greek god Asclepius, ah. a deity associated with healing and medicine in modern times it's the predominant symbol for medicine and healthcare. though it is sometimes confused with the catechus which has two snakes what's the catechus then it's the other one that i described but is it also like it's for ambulances the staff carried by hermes or hermes in <laughs> greek mythology and consequently uh, in greek in, by hermes Trismegistus in Greco-Egyptian mythology so I'm sure there's some symbolic cross-contamination the same staff was born by heralds in general for example by Iris the messenger of Hera Mm -hmm. there's a short blah 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 what does it actually (laughs) symbolise what the fuck does it do it represents Hermes uh, by extension trades occupations or undertaking associated with the gods Mm -hmm. (sighs) so it's just like if you want to do stuff this is the rod for you not that other rod that's for healing this rod This is a business rod. It represents printing. I'm sorry. It represents printing. Yeah. It represents printing. There's a whole section on confusion with Rod of Asclepius. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Anyway, it's got the Rod of Asclepius over the um, Joestar star. Ah. Which I guess is just because the fight takes place in a hospital. Maybe. Or he manifested his stand as he was being taken to the hospital. I don't know. But either way, he's got it there. He's got it there. Hmm. Weird. Uh, it's on the logo of the World Health Organization. Various medical institutes. Hmm. Quite a few, I'd imagine. Trying to find a compelling link here. I guess with the whole stuff with dead people in the underworld. Is that anything? Maybe. I'm, maybe it depends on the god. Or maybe Araki just saw it and went, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're in a hospital. Yeah. Possibly. 80% of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure can just be boiled down to... Araki saw it one time and thought, oh, you know what? That that right there, I reckon I can get on board with that. Well, I guess we'll never know. Anyway, it's there. They race him up the uh, up the aisle, and as they're passing like a... I suppose it's like the division between first class and economy, or, yep. or just a structural division in the plane, yep. Jolene smashes it to the right, pinning him to the wall, though that does not actually stop him from doing anything else he does in the episode. Yep. He's, he's very much like, I just need to destroy those seats... And then you'll all be dead. Classic Namek exploding moment. They say, there's only 21 seconds left. So at this point, I started mentally counting seconds in my head. <laughs> uh, and uh, it takes much more than 21 seconds for anything to happen, let me tell you. Well, between all those, those All those cuts, internal monologues. Exactly. We've got to get to those seats. Don't sit anywhere else. It's only um, those seats ex- uh, survive the explosion. they were in an air pocket. So the two people that are sitting there, Hermes and Jolene, are like, get the... Fuck off those yeah, you're sticks. just memories. You haven't got any souls. You're not real. Fuck off. You're nothing to me, all right? I'm real. I have a soul. Turn around. Oh, no. Oh, no. So what Mr. and Mrs. Christmas has done mm. is it's shot back up the hole it's created, mm. grabbed some kids from the hospital, started chucking them down. we have got a little girl who's got burns on and bandages on her face. And she's like, where's my medication? Where's the nurse? What am I doing, sir?" Then uh, a... Kid who looks like Bart Simpson, uh, down. He's got, uh, spiky, sticky, yuppie hair. Yep. Uh, and red shirt and blue pants and also one leg and a wooden leg. And he's like, uh... Where did you... This isn't my room. This is what kids in Florida sound like, by the way. (laughs) So, literally, like, when they look at them and the kid's like, it just takes me a minute to stand up. I was literally thinking about, uh like the orphan kids in The Simpsons. Yeah. Where they're just like, I get so cold. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> just like, just that's the level of like, have pity on the poor hospitalized kids. They don't know any better. And you're like, oh, oh no. Oh dear. So, um, he's like, they're like that bastard. I can't believe he's throwing sick kids into the death plane. Uh, and then he throws a third one down. Yeah. He's, he's just kind of a little bit fat. He's, he's just he's like also a chum- bald, kid. so he might have cancer. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. I just thought he. So you know how uh, the sixteen-year-old guy looked a bit old? Yeah. This guy looks like like one of those old Japanese gurus who's like got a cane. He's got monk vibes. Yes, and he's just like there with like his cane, and he's just like, "What can I do for you, good sir?" Uh, but so, he's probably a cancerous child. He's probably like a seven-year-old kid yeah. who's gonna die and. For many so months. outside the plane, uh, versus exults in his uh, apparent victory. Like, go on, push them out of the way and take their seats. Then you'll survive, Jolene. But. <laughs> the damage to your souls will be absolute. So I think his his idea is that because they'll be so racked by guilt, they won't be able to fight very well. Yeah, and then they'll crawl out of the wreckage and his less efficient combat standard mares will easily overpower them when their mental walls are down. Yeah, because he doesn't have guilt. He's no. been broken by society enough to know that there are no rules. <laughs> yeah, uh, Poochie's like, but you threw down three kids, so one will die. So won't you be guilty about that? And he's he's like, nah. I'm good. I'm doing this for you, father. You should be guilty. <laughs> so Liam just pointed in in what can only be described as the most like hilariously dramatic way when someone's talking to you and they point at you like, you. You You did this. Quick little point and then retract the yeah. finger. Or it's like, a you jab. did. This. Yes, a little jab of the bit, just like, you did this, father. It's like um if like two stereotypical like high school bitch girls in like a, okay. in a in a high school drama are talking to each other like you're the one who got Paul into detention not Paul I'm the, the yes. master thief and I'm a cool person and it's like just those quick little finger points it's <laughs> like so, I did this for you Father Poochie you don't even know what you have all right I'm the best son you ever had I'm the son of Dio not yours. That's right. I'm my own son now. All right. You can take that little, little fucking, little, (laughs) I don't even know where this is going. That little fucking face of yours and just, just just fuck off. That's a, so I know it's Jojo's and it doesn't really pay to like nitpick finer details, but I find Mm -hmm. the reasoning of why they can't just like all pile into the seats a bit, a bit shaky. What do you mean? So Hermes says, we'll put a a child in our laps. Uh. And then Jonah's like, no, we can't do that. We'd all die. There's only enough space in each chair for one person. Yeah. But I can't, I just just don't see why. You could just bundle. Well, also Jolene's power is a rope. So she could just tie them all in, you know? I guess. But I don't think that's the idea. I think the idea is that they had two survivors. Yeah. So there can only be two survivors. I guess so. Except for the the other people who do survive. Nah, none of them. (laughs) None of them. There's three children and two of us. So three people are going to die. Oh, no. And the plane's crashing. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Massive explosion. Cut to commercial. We're back. A dinosaur story. Uh, (laughs) And... Versus is reveling. He's like, <laughs> "I've done it. I've defeated you, Jolene." The old man who previously survived stumbles out of the smoke. He is unharmed because, of course, uh, as as we were about to be explained to, him and the other woman's survival wasn't was a fact of history. So it was guaranteed by the power of the stand. And he's like, kind of coughing a bit <laughs> through all the smoke and human ash. But he's ash. fine. And as he as he comes out of the uh, smoke, we can see that Hermes's sticker is on his face and. Father Pucci immediately is like, hey, hey, Versus. You fucked up. Hey, look at that. Is that is that not Hermes sticker? Oh, if only you thought about this more carefully. And oh. so the, as he, the sticker is peeled off, like, this isn't exactly what Hermes's power no, does. No, it's not at all. This <laughs> but, is why I was like, so you're telling me that we put Hermes sticker on someone. Which doubles up the old man. Yep. And then they cram the kid into the space between that double up, thereby protecting him. <laughs> the sticker peels off and the old man returns to one and the kid is violently ejected from that space and uh, Versus is like no but but that's not that's not possible he just because keeps going Hermes oh, yeah uh, so we know that the, the three kids are okay because two of them sat in the seat and the other one was in the old one man. of the survivors Hermes goes into the other survivor and comes out and is all like well 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 Versus you tried but you fucked up And then he's like, no, but Jolene's dead. See, see, she's not here. See, she's dead. Poochie says, uh, Poochie responds to that. If I were, he's just over his shoulder again. He he looks like vaguely perturbed, but he's just, he's just sin. He's just condescending. I'd think this through more carefully if I were you. And we see string coming out of Hermes's mouth. And Jolene, reconstituting herself in a pool of thread on the ground, shoots out a string and uh, wraps up uh, Versus' legs too. So Versus immediately is like, what? But that's impossible. And Hermes explains, Jolene unraveled her body as much as she could and I swallowed it. Mm-hmm. That's that's normal. Yep. And now she's putting herself back together again. Uh, and then Father Pucci's like... Jolene Cujo isn't filled with guilt, but rather coming at you, burning with wrathful justice. What you gonna do now? Versus your he, little She's shit. coming at you. What you gonna do? And versus in true versus style, is like, well, I'm gonna punch. And but punch is too bad. Jolene strings him up. Really punchy strings. And like this position he ends up in is hanging by his ankles from the string, which is yeah. presumably looped around something up above. But he... He's, swooshes backwards and goes right past Father Pucci, who just, like, uncaringly, like, throws his head back so he isn't clocked by the body of, uh, Versus. Oh, uh, so good. <laughs> and just outside of his context, the most stupid line, you won't be digging a hole or excavating memories any longer. You gotta admit, that's a good one-liner. And they're approaching him, and Hermes is like, I'm gonna kill the priest. Should we do this together? Uh... Poochie's like, ah, you lost, Versus. Jolene's gravitational pull was much better than yours. I literally can't remember what happens after this. They go to kill them both. Mm -hmm. uh, But then Versus reveals that he is holding a disc in his hand. He screams out, weather reports name. And his stand flies up into the sky and leaves the hole, And everyone is shocked and stopped. Poochie opens his cassock to reveal his bare chest. Uh, no disc there. And he's, and he's like, what? When did, did you take it when you me? When you flew past me just then? Was that when you took it? Give it back. It belongs to me. You don't understand the power of that disc. And he's all like, it's too late. Sorry, I'm not going to die here. I'm... I'm <laughs> this really doesn't stop them from killing him at all <laughs> like nothing is immediately happening yeah so underworld goes up yep and is all like weather report i'm finally starting to understand why i was born no you don't understand anything and everyone's radiating katakana mm-hmm. and uh we start to, to get some ominous foreshadowing as poochie says his memory must stay with me at least for another three days and everyone's like what? what? It's too late. You can't finish me. He will regain his memory. I know, because I read his memory, that he's not the good guy you think he is. Jolene and Hermes are like, what? But he's so lovable. We love Weather Report. He doesn't even remember how his ability really works. Father Poochie sealed away his demonic powers. (gasps) Demonic powers? What? And then we all begin to empathise. And Father (laughs) Father Poochie. But then we stop empathising and start being confused because Father Poochie screams out, "Versus! You're nothing but a thatched (laughs) hut." What does this mean? You have no place in the grand purpose to you and I fought for. What does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? You're nothing but a thatched hut. Something that you would think would be in the African savannah. Something that Trogdor the Burninator would burninate while he was burninating the countryside. Something which you would not send into space. You know, something that doesn't seem aligned with the intent of anything that this show has been talking about thus far. A thatched hut, is a thatched roof, is made from straw or reeds. A thatched building has a roof that is made from straw or reeds. E.g., they lived in a thatched cottage, a cottage with a thatched roof. But why is he a thatched hut? Is this some fucking like. I've. He's got 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 blonde hair. Okay. Like straw is blonde. Is it just because he's weak? Unlike Apollo 11? I guess. Like, maybe? It's gotta be, right? Is is this a cultural thing that just wasn't translated? Look up Thatched Hut, Japan. Maybe there's something in Japan that's like, ah, to call someone a Thatched Hut is in fact the same hiragana combination as this other or the same kanji as, like, this other thing, which is actually a massive insult. And we'll be like, oh, so is it a translation thing then? Or is it something else? Like... I don't know. No, I genuinely looked this up before um, watching and I could not find anything. A minka, or house of the people, are vernacular houses constructed in any one of several traditional Japanese building styles. They were the dwellings of farmers, artisans, and merchants, i.e. the three non-samurai castes. (laughs) You're not a warrior? Is that what he's saying? Maybe? You're just a a temporary means before we invent things like uh, tiled roofs, maybe? Maybe he's an architecture nerd. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, he's a space nerd. Haven't you been paying attention? That's true. That's true. He is a space nerd. He just wants to go to the um, Colorado Space Center. Oh, wait, no, not Colorado. I'm looking at in the a Kennedy. baffled way. Kennedy Space Center. That's the one. A simple thatched hut is often the subject of Japanese poetry. Ah. And then nothing relevant is said. <laughs> so, So maybe it is a cultural thing. Maybe it's like... I'm looking at Japanese resources via Google, but I am. I'm getting nothing on this. Tweet at JoJo's podcast. Some Japanese You know what the fuck this is about. But also tweet some nice Japanese poetry too. Yeah. I'm just going to try one more quick Google. I'm going to try thatched hut, brackets, derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love if this comes up with like a full article that's like, in ancient Japan, to call someone a thatched hut is to effectively mean... That they're, like, some fucking horrifying thing. You'd be like, oh, well, can never call anyone a thatched hut ever again. Great. I'm just finding a bunch of shit about the cultural appropriation of tiki bars. (laughs) Oh, man. We got nothing? Thatched roofs tell a story of eternity. This is from the Japan Times. Hmm. Thatched houses have existed in Japan for at least 5,000 years, but today they're only found in a handful of villages across the country. Hmm. As a young man, Haruo Nishio, now 51, moved to rural Miyama in the mountains north of Kyoto to become a thatcher. Against all odds, he mastered this ancient craft and launched his own business. Thatching is closely associated with Shinto religion and the imperial family. When the Japanese emperor accedes to the throne, a thatched building is erected exclusively for this purpose. I believe that thatched roofs are so sacred they create a space of nothingness, including invisible energies. Hmm. Like, this is nothing. Like a feng shui of thatch, of, of just reeds and shit. The closest that I've got is that thatched roofs are an artifact of the past. That's mm. up uh, And therefore, he has no place in the grand future of attaining oh, heaven. Of the new moon. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. But that he's, seems spurious at best. Yeah. Instead of like being able to call him an old man, he just has to call him a thatched hut. Because he's young. Because he's, he's young. He's only 13 years old. <laughs> That's right. That happened oh. this year. Oh, God. And being in prison aged him. <laughs> Uh, beautiful rainbows start to come through the, uh, hole that they're all still in, and some, uh, 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 Versus exclaims, rainbows, there are rainbows, the devil's rainbows. <laughs> well, this is Florida, I suppose. I guess. So they would, of course, be opposed to- To rainbows? Symbol of LGBTQI <laughs> liberation. <laughs> oh, the, the devil's rainbow. Oh, Diversity. Uh, Rainbows and ominous katakana Radiate power Weather outside the hospital Exactly where we left him At the start of the episode Collapses in a pool of clouds And and clutches his head And Anasui's like Hey what's up What's going on man What's up He rudely pushes a guy with crutches Off a off a bench And the guy's like Hey what the fuck and uh, he says, don't touch me, I'll kill you. And look, he looks quite demonic. He's got little horns, yeah. which of course he had the whole time. But yeah. now they seem more ominous, mm. the horns of the devil. Mm. See, we thought he was a cool guy. And his eyes radiate with both ill intent, but also literal clouds and electricity. And now, heavy report. Heavy weather. Heavy weather. Yeah. Heavy weather. Heavy weather. What the fuck? Three more days till the new moon. <laughs> but... What a fucking phenomenal episode, but also, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, Nick, we'll get to that in a sec. Um, But first of all, what were our highlights and lowlights for this episode? Hmm. I mean, I want to say my highlight is um, the versus, shut the fuck (laughs) up, Poochie, shut the fuck, I know what I'm about. Yeah, that's pretty good. My highlight is um, Father Poochie's backwards head swoosh as he dodges the projectile versus... Just being like, Whoa. I have no interest in you, yeah. but I will not be brought down by you. Uh, my low light is literally... It's like, I, like, I like the idea deep. that they started working together with yeah. the best of intentions, but they both just really didn't like each other. <laughs> they didn't get on. It was just a personality clash, yeah. you know. There's, there's nothing you can do in those situations. <laughs> my low light is just Hermes sticker now magically lets people fit inside other people. Now, fair enough, kind of. My low also a bit of a power nitpicky one is how did Jolene know that walkie-talkie was up there? Mm. Well, the police officers were talking quite loudly, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know, old Butterfinger Joe up there. Mm. Well, Nick, yeah, three days remain until the new moon. Uh, Versus has been is maybe down but not out, but it was at least the plane situation is dealt with. Yep, uh, Father Pucci is right there within grasp, but everyone is quite distracted by all these beautiful devils rainbows as. Weather Report has recovered his memories Mm -hmm. and is instituting a heavy weather situation (laughs) Uh, and seems to be be quite um, distressed or abrasive. Emporio's around. Uh, What will happen next time? (laughs) Emporio's there. Not not really there, there, but he's around. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean uh, in the episode entitled Heavy Weather. (gasps) Heavy weather? Hmm. Mm. Now I will share one thing, uh, just to maybe set your expectations. Okay. Uh, several times throughout um, the last couple of parts of JoJo's, mm. uh, you've talked about how bonkers stands have been getting. Yeah. And I've replied with the phrase along the lines of "You haven't seen anything yet." Yeah. And this next stand is the stand that I've been thinking of when I say that it's about to get bonkers. Okay. All right. Um. Uh. I mean. Unless it's something like he can, well, he could already control the weather. He could control the weather basically at any distance. Yeah. So in theory- But now rainbows, the devil's rainbows. Yeah, in theory, he could just make like hurricanes and cyclones. That's true. He could wreak untold havoc. So he's unlocked his potential now. His memories. He's eaten a shinzu bean and been like- Sensu bean. Sorry, sensu bean and been like, that's it. I get it now. That's not what they do, but okay. Well, like, he's healed his amnesia. Sure, yeah. yeah. He ate a disc. <laughs> he ate a disc and now he's heavy weather. Um, okay. So, I, I have two questions. Yes. One, what do you think the stand power will become? Mm-hmm. The devil's rainbows have been mentioned. The devil's rainbows. And two, Um. afterwards, I wanted to ask, Um. what do you think, like, the dark secret in his memories is that he'd be the devil that Father Pucci sealed his powers away? Yeah. Because we know that he's the, the brother of the priest. Yeah. But he has the birthmark, which makes him a son of Dio. No. P- okay. Because Father Pucci also has the birthmark now. Hmm. Okay. Yes. I'm with you. So he has a birthmark for some reason. <laughs> and I don't know why, but he has the birthmark. So maybe Heavyweather uh, is... It, it's like... M- maybe he can just teleport around at will and be like... I am the cloud. I'm here. Lightning strike. Now yeah, I'm gone. Exactly. It's like I am the weather. I am moisture itself. I'm, I'm just gonna make it so humid that electricity is everywhere, and I am all things or something. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's something. To, maybe, maybe it's something to do with like alternate dimension shit, where like not a bad guess, honestly. Yeah, like, not like, right, but not a bad guess. Yeah, it's like he walked through a cloud into some magical other world. Like um, what's his name? Vampire guy from Part Three at the end. Dio? Him. No, kills Iggy. Oh, um, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla I- like Vanilla Ice, right? Where Vanilla Ice lives in his little pocket dimension thing. Um, but this time it's just clouds. That's nice. Uh, I don't understand why they're calling them demon rainbows, but the devil's rainbows. Yeah, the devil's rainbows. It's like, oh, a nice little happy rainbow, but. And and what do you think is going on in his memories to to cause this uh cause this abrupt use of power and uh, change in demeanor? I'm going to use a very fancy word here. A very fancy okay. word. I reckon. Wow, reckon is a fancy I word. I reckon Dio bifurcated himself. Wow. Down a path of uh two two brothers two entities. Right. One is the Dio we know and love from Part Three. Sure. The other one. Is weather report. Dio is weather and the priest's brother? Something like that, right? Do, Some... you, do you think yeah, they're not literal brothers? They are sworn brothers like Darunia and the King of Hyrule. No, I reckon that the priest gave up something to maybe or maybe split his body in two. So they made like a little green baby situation. Yeah, or something. yeah. Something like that, where it's like he grows up and he becomes Weather Report. Weather Report. Yeah. But he was too dangerous to be kept in possession of his memories. Exactly. So. He came out wrong, Liam. He came out wrong. He was a bad green baby. And what do you think is going to happen? Uh, Is he gonna be on Poochie's side now? Is he gonna be a third element that everyone's gonna have to contend with? I reckon Uh, he's just gonna be like, uh, it's like Knuckles, right? He's not really working for Eggman. He's just some random guy who's there. He's just gonna be like- That's the best analogy. (laughs) It's the perfect analogy because Knuckles ain't... He does have no boss, right? He has no boss. So he's all like, I'm Knuckles. Punchy, punchy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so he's just going to be around being like, hey, guys, I'm Weather Report. And they're like, oh, you want to join me? It's like, no. And his, rainbow, rainbow. His head has the same sort of spike because Knuckles, Knuckles. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So he's just going to be there being like a demonic just being like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about anything. And man. what about dear sweet Anasui? Oh, yeah, Anasui's there. Anasui might just be like, but weather report. We've You're gonna guy. get back to Jolene. I have to take my love and and force it down Jolene's throat. And he's like go. Shut up, I'm doing weather shit. Yeah, something like that. Something like he he's become, maybe for a little while he'll still be with Anasui. But deep down, he'll be like, I'm plotting against you. Yeah, and then at some point run away. Sure. And just be like, I need to get to the Kennedy Space Center. And my last question, I suppose, Mm. is um, what's going to happen to Versus, Uh, if anything? Will they just forget about him in the hole? I reckon he's going to be used as an example to demonstrate. He's going to get killed by the rainbows or whatever. Exactly. So they'll just be like, look out. He's a powerful stand user now. He'll absorb into micro dimensions. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of little moisture bubbles just absorbing. Ah. Oh, yeah. Could turn him into rain. Ooh. Weather reports actual power. I can turn anything into rain. Or weather. Uh, yes
1: okay uh, well yes.
0: we'll find out all of that next time and more on uh, one of the most exciting episodes of Jojo's World we'll have in a while I'm sure uh, okay <laughs> it's gonna be so stupid I'm so excited Is its uh, it is it gonna resolve itself it's part one so no oh um, Jesus Christ I kept okay. that from you deliberately but you did ask oh, uh, and I will fuck. not lie I'll never lie to you Nick that's the promise I make it's, is this podcast real are we really doing a podcast but until then two be, be continued be